When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. Just 24 hours after a wild trade deadline day. We're going to talk more about that, especially the Dolphins, who set themselves up to get the other quarterback with Bradley Chubb on their defense. We'll tell you more about their chances to contend. Plus, we look ahead to week nine and the Titans-Chiefs clashing. Someone here tells you why they aren't buying Tennessee yet, despite recent success. Also, are the Vikings for real? Well, someone on the show is going to tell you why they are the third best team in the NFC. You can think about who those other teams are, and maybe that someone is Marcus Spears. There he is. What's up, Swagoo? We also got Keyshawn Johnson, Adam Schefter with us for the hour. Guys, I know. There, we got a lot to get well, you to You look today. like you're in the rodeo today. Yeah, yeehaw. I didn't really plan that out, but then, like, it happens. So here we are. Yeah, that's what happens when you pick your clothes out in the dark. Um, all right, so we got a lot of football to get, but we start with a developing story in Washington. Adam, what more can you tell us? Laura, Dan and Tanya Snyder have hired Bank of America, which is where they do their banking, by the way, to look into and explore the idea that they would sell the Commander's franchise, which marks a totally drastic turn compared to where they were. They've insisted in the past that they would never sell the franchise. They also insisted in the past that they would never change the team's name, only to change it to the Commander's, and now the decision to own the franchise is certainly up in the air and being explored. Now, there's a question as to whether they would be willing to sell the whole franchise or a part of it. I've been told to assume that they are exploring the sale of the entire franchise, and we'll see how it works out. We saw the Denver Broncos sold last summer for a record sum of $4.65 billion. Forbes recently estimated the value of the commanders to be over $5.5 billion. And so with all the pressure and all the questions and all the criticism mounting up against Daniel Snyder with Mary Jo White still conducting her investigation that may not be concluded until 2023, the idea now is that he's hired the Bank of America to explore the sale of his franchise, and it's on. It certainly looks like there's momentum building and will not stop until there is a new owner in Washington. More on this story and more from Adam throughout the show. A commander's spokesperson released the following statement on behalf of the team saying, quote, the Snyders remain committed to the team, all of its employees and its countless fans to putting the best product on the field and continuing the work to set the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL. Let's take a look at the timeline of events that led to today's news. It began back in August of 2020 when a claim against Snyder alleged that 42 women in the organization faced sexual harassment in the workplace. A few months later, news came out that back in 2009, the organization reached a $1.6 million settlement with an employee who accused Snyder of sexual misconduct. Last year, Washington was fined $10 million, $10 million following an investigation into the team's workplace
space culture. And just a few weeks ago, ESPN reported that Snyder told associates that he has used private investigators to gather dirt on other NFL owners. We should note, too, that Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay said at the most recent league meetings there was, quote, merit to removing Snyder. And a day later, Snyder said that he would never sell the team, as Adam pointed out. Marcus, what are your thoughts on what's going on in Washington? Place your eyes squarely on October 13, 2022, when Ursay and these owners and all of those statements were made about private investigators because then to the other owners in the NFL, this became about business. This became about your positioning in the marketplace, a black eye for the NFL. And that is the part that really probably moved this forward. Now that we're hearing that Dan and Tanya Snyder are, are um, looking to sell, but it, it, it is, it's almost like a double-edged sword, right? This conversation has been ongoing about the Washington Commanders. This conversation has been ongoing about Dan Snyder. It's been ongoing about the workplace culture. Still investigations going, as Shefty alluded to. But the one that really is probably brought it down and put real pressure is when we saw Ursay speak after the owners meeting and then I'm sure most of these most of these owners got together or some of them prominent ones had conversations about how this reflects on them as individuals and owners so I, I think October is 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 when this really got sped up in the in the conversation about Dan Snyder selling really escalated. Marcus and Adam are both right in, in terms of their assessment of what's going on with the Washington Commanders, but you got to look at it from this standpoint as well. When you got 32 owners and, and, no, and all of them can't agree on things on a certain, at a certain level, you're going to have a fraction of guys that go, be able to go to him. They're still somewhat, I guess, friends or whatever you want to call it, colleagues, to be able to tell him, hey, this certainly isn't the way that the National Football League wants to be. They don't want this black eye to continue to hover over the organization. The key thing for me, though, is where do you go now as an organization? We saw the Denver Broncos explore the opportunity for a minority owner. They missed on that. They decided to go in another direction because the checkbook, quite frankly, was able to write the check and become big. Will Washington be the first team to really, I'm talking about really, look at the minority candidates, and I'm talking when I say minority, African-Americans in the National Football League that have been trying to buy teams for countless years. Will this be the opportunity for that? Well, Key, it would be a great time for that. It would be awesome to see that. And right now, it certainly looks like it's headed toward a sale of the franchise because, as people have pointed out, they're questioning whether the Snyders would be willing to sell a portion of their franchise or the entire franchise. As one person said to me, does somebody want to step in and be willing to be a limited partner with Dan Snyder at this point in time? And the answer to that question, according to this person, was no. And so, of course, it has to be for the sale of the franchise, leaving it open for that with the prices that are being kicked around. And to tie together all the events of yesterday with the more significant event of today with them hiring the Bank of America to explore the sale. Sometimes when a team starts going down the path of trading a player, it's very hard to turn around and walk it back. And it's similar here. When you hire a bank to go explore the sale, and there are going to be people out there willing to meet the price, and the NFL has buyers lined up as it will, and the league would like to see this sale take place, as would the other owners, there is so much momentum building for this 
that at this point in time, it's hard to imagine it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of factors. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be a huge record price ever paid for a sports franchise. But to think with all these steps and all the criticism and all the fans in Washington who have screamed out to Daniel Snyder to sell the team at the games that they're attending, does we really think that right now he's going to hold on to this team in the long term? Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel that way. And as you guys have pointed out, Dan Snyder is still under investigation for the allegations that have been put out there about him. And also, as Adam said, we're talking about the price of the team and record price. Forbes estimating the commander is worth at least $5.5 billion. We'll stay on this story. John Keim joins us a little bit later, but we're just getting started here on NFL Live. The Dolphins made some noise before the trade deadline yesterday. We'll discuss what these new pieces bring to an already stacked team. Are they truly Super Bowl contenders now? And Mahomes is prepared for a red-hot Titans team on Sunday. But can he continue to lead this offense in the right direction? They're right back up at the top of that AFC West. We'll be right back on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Monday Night Football returns for Week 9 as Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are in New Orleans taking on the Saints. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. The Mannings are on ESPN, too. Our coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. Let's go! Okay, time now to read and react. We start in Green Bay, where head coach Matt LaFleur was asked what he told players that may have been disappointed the Packers didn't make a trade yesterday. Yeah, we, we, didn't, even, we didn't even get into that. We, I mean, we, our focus was, was on Detroit. Everybody has a, a responsibility to one another to be their best, whatever that is. And you got to be locked into, and if you're worried about things that, or outside of your control, I don't. I think you're doing everybody a disservice. You think one of those players was Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Adam, how close were the Packers to making a deal yesterday? Well, not very close, Laura. If they were close, <laughs> excuse me, they would have gotten you. it done. <laughs> excuse me. But they didn't get anything done. They were in on Chase Claypool. They made a run to go get him. They checked around the league for offensive playmakers. But again, as we've talked about, the move for an offensive playmaker should not have been made on November 1st. It should have been made on July 1st or August 1st or September 1st. They're waiting till November 1st and the deadline. Nothing got done. Nothing came close to getting done. And so the Green Bay Packers are going to ride the guys that have gotten them to this point and hope that somehow, some way, 
they figure out a way to make a push back into the playoff hunt. You know, whoever thought they were going to tickle Adam's nose there and throw him off, yet yeah, not so fast. No. The guy's a gamer. <laughs> All right, to Cincinnati, where Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming off a blowout loss to the Browns on Monday night. Here's Joe Burrow with his thoughts on the offense. We didn't make enough plays to win the game. And we had had some opportunities that we didn't take advantage of. Uh, and that's really what it came down to. We didn't do anything on the offensive side of the ball well enough to win. Marcus, how concerned are you about the Bengals? Very concerned. Like Shefty has an allergic reaction to talking about Green Bay. <laughs> I have one talking about this <laughs> offense from the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, this this without Jamar Chase, I'm I'm sure. I, I think I would like to think that Zach Taylor thought that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd could step up and they still have that same type of production. But this team has to find a run game in order to not only protect Joe Burrow, but to become multiple offensively. When you look at that game, it was simple drop back, put Joe Burrow in the in the um shotgun and let's try to push the ball down the field. The offensive line looked like they took a step back to week one. Miles Garrett was having his way. Interceptions, tip balls, batted balls. Jamar Chase made a lot of what you had successful on offense. Now you have to adjust and figure out other ways to be explosive. And by the way, we all picked the Bengals. I feel like we hadn't come clean on that yet. Yeah, we did. So, oops. Okay, to Chicago where the Bears made trades for wide receiver Chase Claypool. Here's Claypool on his new quarterback, Justin Fields. I know a lot of people are excited about uh, how he's been playing, and, and obviously I'm one of those people, so I'm excited to work with him. I'm a playmaker, and I'm and I'm excited to make plays. I feel like I didn't have you know the full opportunity to show what I can do um, this year, but I think I've been able to show that in the past, and uh, I'm excited to be able to gain that trust with Justin, too, where he knows if he needs a play, he can come to me and, frankly, probably any receiver out there. So that's just a, a dynamic playmaker is, is the guy that the Bears are getting. Key, what does Claypool do for Justin Fields? Well, I think in terms of this year, they'll just be able to work together for years to come. This deal was not made so he could be the number one wide receiver. This deal was made so he can be a guy in the room, the number two or number three guy. If you look at the early parts of his career, Laura, he averaged about 60 catches a season for the first two years, about 800 yards and five touchdowns. In this day and age, in the National Football League, those numbers are for a number two, number three receiver. They'll get that number one guy either in the draft or through free agency. We just saw it in some of that video there. McKee at 6'4", Claypool, one of the best in the NFL when it comes to contested catches, which is a major need for Justin Fields and the Bears. Since entering the NFL in 2020, Claypool ranks fifth in the NFL in receiving yards on passes thrown into a tight window. And since Justin Fields entered the NFL last year, Chicago's wideouts have the fewest receiving yards by any team on those throws. So Claypool expects to make a big difference there. And Adam, we saw the Bears trade away some big names on their defense, Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, but they also traded for Claypool. So what can you tell us about how this deal came together? Well, Chase Claypool was a player that the Bears have been targeting and eyeing for quite some time. They've been looking to add an offensive playmaker if we go back to all the way to the NFL draft in April. And they explored a number of options, and Claypool was somebody that they always had their eye on. But as of last week, Mike Tomlin, uh, Art, Dan Rooney, they didn't want to deal Chase Claypool away from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lost this week. They revisited the conversations. The Chicago Bears offered a second-round draft pick. While they were talking to other teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in the end, 
Pittsburgh decided that the compensation that they were getting back for Claypool made too much sense. And that's a team that has been great at turning picks into great receivers. Nobody in the league has done a better job at identifying wide receiver talent. So they'll take their two. They'll probably turn it into another Pro Bowl wide receiver. They move on from Claypool. Chicago gets the player that it coveted to match with Justin Fields because they've been looking to give him help on the offensive side of the football. So now they give him a weapon. The Steelers get a pick and we have the makings of a trade. Ah, kumbaya on that trade. Uh, Marcus, do you think that this is a move that legitimately makes an instant impact for Justin Fields and then even more than that beyond? Yeah, I believe it does. I mean, you, you talk about you, you showed the graphic of the tight window throws, but mm. more importantly, a guy that Justin Fields can do backyard football with. That's yeah. the most important thing. Big body, you get man-to-man, you get one-on-one. Remember, the Chicago Bears actually run the ball pretty well, like with, with Herbert and obviously Montgomery. And now that they started to implement a little quarterback run with Justin Fields. But now, when you improvise, when you extend plays to have a 6'4", big body pass catcher on the other end, potentially to find some room and just give him a chance against some DBs, will, will, I, I think it'll help this team out tremendously. The other thing about Chase Claypool, I don't think he has a low floor. I think what Key said, like if you get 800 yards a season and five touchdowns, potentially with the explosion of going up to eight to ten because he's a red area threat, that's well worth a second round pick in my opinion, especially if you have capital to go out and get somebody else that may be as dynamic. Claypool went through a lot in Pittsburgh when it comes to the quarterback situation, Big Ben getting old, bad offensive line, run game null and void. All of those things, I think, played into what we thought he was going to be from his rookie year. So I think he's a little bit better player than a lot of people think. You heard Claypool say it himself. He felt like he didn't actually get to show what he's really capable of, especially this season, but he's probably alluding to some other things too. And it is fascinating to watch a team real time like the Bears trading away some big time defensive talent to get the draft capital back, but also adding pieces for Justin Fields in their future, making sure that everybody knows they are confident in their quarterback. Up next on NFL Live, Dan Snyder exploring potential options to sell the Washington Commanders. Stick around for more on this developing story. We have a live report next. We'll be right back. I got a hot 20 on What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We love having you with us on NFL Live. Let's get back to the trade deadline news. Some of the biggest news yesterday. Bradley Chubb traded to the Dolphins. He's now paired with Jalen Phillips. The Dolphins only have 15 sacks this season, so expect that number to rise those two. Dolphins also got running back Jeff Wilson from the 49ers. So when you think about Chubb and the addition there, it gives the Dolphins one of the most formidable pass rushing duos in the NFL. Chubb ranks third in the league in pass rush win rate, defeating his blocks within two and a half seconds seconds on 26% of his passes. He's in excellent company, trailing only Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett. Fourth on the list, while well, I mention him, that's Chubb's new teammate, Jalen Phillips. Cool. And these new additions have Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungabailoa thinking Super Bowl. We're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but yeah, if, if you were to ask me that, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable. Okay, I have something for you, but first, um, Super Bowl for the Dolphins, they legit Super Bowl contenders to you, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. They are contenders. Great. So what does adding a guy like Chubb do for a defense? <laughs> first of all, it frees up uh, other people. And, you know, Boogie, I talk about this all the time, about how either one guy can dictate protection and other guys can feast off that. And then in turn, he continues to make plays. With the way Jalen Phillips has been playing, you have to determine now if we're going to double team these guys, what back are we going to apply to make sure we chip and chub or are we getting Jalen Phillips? Pick your poison, basically. And that's why you saw so many teams this offseason load up on two edge rushers, right? We talked about the AFC West. And for as much as we talked about the quarterbacks, we talked about the duo of edge rushers in that division as well in order to combat those good quarterbacks. So now you're in a division with Josh Allen where you know Buffalo isn't going anywhere. They're going to continue to make moves. They've done a phenomenal job in their front office. They're an offensive juggernaut with their quarterback. And you have to be able to rush four at 
the quarterback as opposed to committing too many people to blitzing because you know Josh Allen. And then when we start talking about playoffs with the Kansas City Chiefs, mm. Patrick Mahomes, they will gut you if you don't have the ability to get after them with just four guys. So I think this Bradley Chubb, it was about a Super Bowl, about a Super Bowl. It was about improving your defense. And more importantly, it was about the landscape of the division and conference that they're in and how do you combat that. This was a phenomenal move by the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion. Everything Mark has said right there, and I think it was a phenomenal move. When you talk about Super Bowl, okay, that's a little ambitious. I get it. We all want to go to the Super Bowl. But you got a couple teams right, right there that's a little bit ahead of you in the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the Buffalo Bills, as well as, in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens. And the one thing that I would say is when you are trying to win a championship, you need somebody to protect the quarterback. You need somebody to shut down the wide receiver. And you need somebody to go get the quarterback. In this conference, in this division, as Marcus said, you got to have a guy like Bradley Chubb. Because let's face it, I think all of us sitting right here would say that the Buffalo Bills are probably going to win the division. And Baltimore's probably going to win the division. And Kansas City is probably going to win the division, which means that Miami is going to have to have something portable to take on the road mm. in a cold environment yep. to get those quarterbacks on yep. the ground. You can't go to a Super Bowl if you can't run the football and you can't sack the quarterback. It's a good move on both sides, picking up Wilson and also Chubb. And let's keep in mind that the Miami Dolphins are missing three starters from their secondary. So the secondary is going to have a tough time holding up right now. And when you're trying to get past Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and get to the next level, well, you've got to apply pressure to them. So they bring in probably the most impactful defensive player that they've had rushing the passer since Jason Taylor did that for them. That's what you're talking about right now. And they're in a position where they're willing to pay him, sign him to a long-term extension because it's that important for the franchise to have somebody who does what Bradley Chubb does. And here Bradley Chubb is a guy who is one of the most respected players in the Denver Broncos locker room, a leader amongst men out there. So not only do the Dolphins get his talents on the field, but they get his presence off the field. And that's why they were willing to give up what they did. And that's why they're going to be willing to give him over $100 million in a new deal. And that's why this is a move that they believe helps elevate them to the next level. And oh, by the way, they did go out and make a couple of other moves. They traded for Jeff Wilson, who knows Mike McDaniel well from their time together in San Francisco. So yeah. there's just another addition for this offense. I just wanted to make one more point, Shefty, because you're absolutely right and key. Also remember, this is a young defensive line as well. Yeah. Like, when you think about yeah. Bradley Chubb's age, Christian Wilkins was drafted, Emmanuel Ogba came over from Kansas City, Jalen Phillips is young, so these guys will grow together. Raekwon Davis is on that defensive line who we watch. I think I, Miami has a real chance while these guys are maturing and being groomed to be a real player in the AFC for an extended period of time as long as Tua can keep his ascension. You know, Chubb's only 26 years old, but he is considered a veteran leader in a lot of ways yeah. and Adam mentioned that it was interesting doing the game in London with the Broncos when they finished the game and won the game Russell Wilson always does the post game prayer he wouldn't start it without Bradley Chubb that was incredibly important to him you can just see that even in a short time the impact Chubb had made on Russell Wilson yeah. we'll see him do that in Miami I'm sure too you guys are talking about Patrick Mahomes so much let's talk about him some more Mahomes. all the concern about what the Chiefs look like without Tyreek Hill how would Patrick Mahomes make it work 
work without his dynamic weapon. Well, uh, Kansas City's been just fine. In fact, they sit atop the AFC West ahead of a game against the Titans this week. Let's talk more about that clash. We now welcome in our ESPN insider Jeremy Fowler, who's in Kansas City. You just talked to Patrick Mahomes, Jeremy. What's has his, his attention, excuse me, after their bye? Well, Laura Mahomes' tone was clear when we spoke to him a little bit ago. He is eager for this rematch with Tennessee, which handled the Chiefs 27-3 in Week 7 of last year. That three-turnover performance did not sit well with the quarterback. Check this out. You got to be ready to play. I mean, last year we weren't ready and they, they beat our ass. Anytime you watch that on film and you see how you played, I mean, it wasn't uh, just them beating us, but I mean, we played bad and they kind of put it down on us at the end of the day. So uh, for us, we have to come in with a better mentality. Mahomes is going to be ready thanks to an equal opportunity offense. The Chiefs are actually up in a lot of statistical categories on offense despite the loss of Tyreek Hill. So I asked Coach Andy Reid about his quarterback's growth. He said that he's in a, quote, good place as far as how he's reading coverages, making decisions, being a point guard on the fly. As a result, they have six different receivers that have at least 13 catches on the year, and now they have Kadarius Toney that they have to work into this game plan. We just saw Toney catching some punts in practice, so it looks like he could be a factor sooner than later. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Mahomes really has spread it around so well. I also love that every time we send Jeremy Fowler to Kansas City, he's in that same spot and it's just super windy and it doesn't matter. Like you just you just I make it happen. Hair stays up. I know he's got the hair down. I mean, it's Jeremy with the good hair. Ah! <laughs> Juices and berries, you know. <laughs> love it. Thanks, Jeremy. Okay, on the Titans side of things, we didn't see Ryan Tannehill last week as he was dealing with an ankle injury and an illness. So that means Malik Willis, the rookie quarterback, got the start. But listen, you got Derrick Henry. So he powered Tennessee past the Texans for Kansas City this week. Is Tannehill ready to play? Let's hear from him now. Just getting back into it, um, you know, slowly, slowly working into it with the ankle and, and you know, see where I'm at. Uh, day by day, just moving around and, and getting ready to go. I mean, pain's going to be there. That's just kind of where we're at with it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, with the nature of the injury, it kind of is is there. So, um, just going to be a matter of, of if I can if I can do my job or if I can't. Okay, we'll find out. Uh, despite the absence of Tannehill this past Sunday against the Texans, the Titans were able to win their fifth straight game. And as I said, they did it by leaning on Derrick Henry, who has been the key to the Titans turning their season around. Since the winning streak began in week three, Henry leads the NFL in rushing attempts and yards, and his six touchdowns trail only Nick Chubb for the most in the league. Uh, Marcus, you think Henry will be able to continue his dominant stretch, though, against this Chiefs defense? Yes, yes. Why the hell? not okay <laughs> he does it against everybody right and this is what Mike Vrabel is going to lean into look I'm I'm, I'm gonna say this and I haven't talked to anybody when the Tennessee Titans play the Kansas City Chiefs and this may be a challenge to the Kansas City Chiefs take it how you will they feel like they're more physical mm. and they're the they're the bully when they show up because of all of the explosiveness that Patrick Mahomes and this team has had offensively the beautiful uh, plays that we see how we talk about the creativity of Andy Reid every time I've watched the Tennessee Titans play the Kansas City Chiefs no I'm not saying that they're better they feel like they can bludgeon them at the line of scrimmage and and look Derrick Henry has had great days and great games against the Kansas City Chiefs so I am interested to see 
what Chris Jones and Frank Clark and that side of the football does when Derrick Henry comes in. You know he's going to touch the ball 20 to 25 times, if not 30. You know what the Tennessee Titans' success, uh, how they see success as an offensive football team. That's the challenge to Kansas City because Derrick Henry can absolutely keep this game close by them running the football like he does. You know, Key, the Chiefs played well in their most recent win versus the 49ers before the bye, right? What's impressed you about the way their offense has looked? Well, it starts with Patrick Mahomes being able to deliver the football to a number of different receivers, right? It, it, last time they played Tennessee, it was really about Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Now you've got to deploy four or five different guys that you've got to pay attention to. And on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know that Tennessee has that on the back end to be able to match up with them. He's not looking for the home run anymore. He's looking to just distribute the peel all the way around. And when you look at some of the other teams that they obviously beat twice, the Indianapolis Colts, they beat the Washington commanders they beat the Raiders I mean you know is this really Houston is this really a real challenge for Kansas City yeah and Keith, I think Tennessee's best defense is going to be its offense in this particular case and that's Derrick Henry and that's running the ball and that's controlling the ball on the clock so you have Patrick Mahomes off the field for the majority of the game of course they're going to need Ryan Tannehill back out there he was limited in practice today due to that illness due to the knee injury so we'll see whether or not Tannehill is able to go on Sunday yeah uh, to everyone's point here about this rivalry kind of between these two teams the Titans have won two of three games against the Chiefs since Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes became the starter including that 24 point win last season the one that Mahomes was referencing off the top here that's the largest loss of his career Ali Foreman he doesn't like it. Ali Foreman. This okay. is beautiful boxing against just straight mauling. <laughs> and the maulers are the Titans. Yes. All right. Back to a developing story today. Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder is exploring selling the team. The Snyders have hired Bank of America Securities to consider potential transactions involving the franchise. The Commanders worth an estimated $5.6 billion, according to Forbes, which ranks sixth among the NFL's 32 teams. Adam, as you've given us some more context on this, it, it feels like this is happening, right? What more can you add there? Yeah. Listen, they have hired the Bank of America to explore the idea of a sale of the franchise. It comes at a time where we've heard the Colts owner, Jim Mercy, come out and call for the ouster of the commander's owner, Daniel Snyder. We've heard that other owners via Seth Wickersham and Don Vanatta want to see Dan Snyder removed. Clearly the league, which is conducting its own investigation through Mary Jo White, which is probably not gonna be completed until 2023, possibly in the winter of spring of 2023, they obviously wouldn't mind to see a change. And I think Dan Snyder can read the tea leaves and read the room and recognize how this is all going right now. When the fans in your own stadium are at a home game and chanting, sell the team, and their owners calling you out, and the prices of franchises have gone up, where we saw the Denver Broncos fetch $4.65 billion last summer, and Forbes has valued the Washington Commanders at over $5.5 billion, and Dan Snyder paid $750 million for this franchise. This is one of the great all-time investments, mm. and now he can cash out, walk away, not with millions, Laura, but billions, billions, be left alone, and obviously they're exploring that right now because he once said he would never sell the franchise. And now they've hired Bank of America, his bank, to facilitate the exploration of a potential sale. 
Once it starts going down this direction, I think everybody anticipates that it will continue to go in that direction, and we'll see ultimately if that winds up in the sale of the commanders. As many have pointed out, he also said he would never change the name of the team, and then Snyder, of course, had to do that also to point out he's still under investigation actively. All right, coming up on NFL Live, who knew it was possible for the Bills to get even better? Well, someone here says the move that they made was the one piece they may have been missing. We'll tell you more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week nine at 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday night Countdown crew gets you set for Ravens Saints at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Tons of news swirling around the NFL today with some players returning and some out. Adam, what can you update us on? Let's start with Deshaun Watson. The Browns general manager Andrew Berry said today that once Deshaun Watson is reinstated, he is expected to return as the Browns starting quarterback. His first game eligible would be week 13, conveniently enough, at Houston against his former Texans team. That'll be an interesting little matchup, but Deshaun Watson is poised to take over the job from Jacoby Brissett. And a short time ago, the Philadelphia Eagles placed Jordan Davis, their first-round draft pick, on injured reserve, meaning he's out a minimum of four weeks with the high ankle sprain that he suffered last week against Pittsburgh. That's truly a massive loss in the Eagles' defense. And the Washington Commanders designated Chase Young to return to practice today. It's possibly could be activated as early as this week, but they'd like to have him back. They've been pleased with his recovery. He is on track, and it's encouraging that he's now back at practice. Unfortunately for the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor not back at practice today. Tweaked his ankle injury last week. It's the same injury that kept him out of the game a couple of weeks back. And now if he can't play, they traded Naheem Hines to Buffalo. Deion Jackson would emerge as the starting running back in Indianapolis, but they're hoping that Taylor can recover in time to play this Sunday. That is in question right now, Laura. Yeah, just another disappointing story for the Colts, a team that a lot of us were high on coming into the season. And you mentioned Naheem Hines, the former 
backfield mate of Jonathan Taylor. Well, he was a big part of a historic trade deadline day yesterday, and so he was traded to the Bills to bolster their run game. The versatile back joining a powerhouse offense set to contend to win it all as we've been talking about. And what exactly does Hines bring to this Bills offense? Well, since entering the NFL in 2018, Hines ranks fifth among running backs in receiving yards. He's in pretty good company on that list, which includes Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Austin Eckler. Here's Bills GM Brandon Bean on the newest addition in Buffalo. Naheem's a guy I've looked into in the past. Uh, I think the first time we checked on him was the training camp of COVID um, and then checked on him again last offseason. He's more of a guy that's just a, a weapon with the ball in his hand, whether it's a punt returner, kick returner, as a receiver. Um, he runs jet sweeps. He runs the wildcat. So we just felt this was a chance to add another guy that Ken Dorsey and Josh and the crew can use. You know, I think when we initially heard this, we're like, okay, running back Naheem Hines. But to the point of Brandon Bean there, I mean, th this is just adding a playmaker who can do so much. I think that's how we have to frame our minds here. What were your thoughts, Marcus, on this move by the Bills? I thought it was a phenomenal move. Uh, when you're in this arms race of not only offensive firepower, but you think about Josh Allen and maybe taking some um, runs off of his legs, giving him some easy access throws, some dump downs to a guy that is really dynamic with the ball in his hand. So, and also you heard Brandon Bean. Uh, allude to it. We can use him in different ways. This is what San Francisco obviously wants to do with Christian McCaffrey. This is what Alvin Kamara has been to the New Orleans Saints. This is what Christian McCaffrey was to the Carolina Panthers. Now his role won't be as big as those guys, but he'll be used in a similar fashion. I think it's a great pickup for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations that's going to need dynamic playmaking ability as they go throughout the rest of the season and the playoffs. And quite frankly, the Buffalo Bills ain't made no mistakes with players that they've decided to sign, trade yeah. for, or even draft here recently. So why wouldn't he work out, be a big part of this offense when need be, and give Josh Allen another weapon to what he already has in Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Singletary? You know, this is not a 500-foot home run for them, right? This is a nice triple with no outs. Yep. This is exactly what yep. this is. And when you talk about some of the things that he's able to do, he's able to do the same things that Christian McCaffrey was able to do in Carolina and even in San Francisco. But guess what? Christian McCaffrey costs more, not only from a salary cap standpoint, but also from a pick standpoint. Same thing with Alvin Kamara. Cost a lot to get those guys. So you know what you do? You scour the NFL and you say, who can I go get that reminds us, gives us some of the same things at a lesser price and value? I go get a Naeem Himes because he can do the same things that we're looking for. We don't need a 50, 50 home run guy. We can get a guy that hits nice doubles and triples and gets us where we want to go. So, Key, this isn't like the entire Phillies lineup against McCullers last night. This is, you know, just like. Uh, McCullers tipping his pitch. I know. That's what I said. No, he's not. He said not. he's not. Yeah. He, he said, said he's not. not. He knew something. Hey, Bryce, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper's over there whispering to everybody like, ooh, you got to look out for that. Mm, some tip pitching. All right, who knew we were talking baseball on the show? Still to come, let's talk about the Vikings. They add another offensive weapon for Kirk Cousins. Find out why Marcus thinks this move solidifies them as a top contender in the I NFC. Said. We got more NFL Live on the way. Keep it locked. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back on NFL Live. Ten trades on trade deadline day. Quite a few contenders adding crucial pieces they believe will put them over the edge. The Vikings, one of them, grabbing tight end TJ Hawkinson for an offense filled with answers for Kirk Cousins. Here's Hawkinson on his fresh start. It's cool to be here. It's cool to have him at, at QB, and um, you know, I know I know what he can bring to the table. I mean, we we, we were always worried about him uh, on the other side of the ball, so uh, just super excited. It's really, what we're here to do is, is go somewhere and uh, win some games, and so uh, you know, that's kind of the first time I've been able to say that. So I'm pretty pretty, pretty excited. So I really fun. am. Hawkinson fills a major need for the Vikings. Kirk Cousin has averaged only five and a half yards per attempt when targeting tight ends this season. That's worse than the NFL. So now he gets to throw to TJ Hawkinson, who has averaged over 15 yards per reception this season. Best among tight ends. Certainly an upgrade, Key, but you see those numbers on Cousins targeting tight ends. What did you think of this move by the Vikings? I think it's a good move, although I'm a little hesitant to think that they're going to utilize the tight end at the level that maybe San Francisco would kittle. They, they're similar, similar offenses, no question about it. You know, the Rams don't really utilize the tight end. You look at Green Bay, they don't really utilize the tight end. So let's see if Minnesota uh, or, uh, decide that, hey, we don't have Irv Smith Jr. anymore. This guy's a better pass-catching tight end. Let's see if it happens. Key, I think to your point, man, here's what I'll say, because uh, I'm with you. Obviously, we know Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook are going to get bulk of the, of the balls to distribute it. But what I will say is, Hawkinson, to me, is a piece that you can use to dictate coverage, right? Like, and, and it has to be something that Kirk Cousins focuses on if the middle of the field is easy accessible because they lean in each of the, each each way. What we know it's going to be to Justin Jefferson. You know this better than me, man. Dominant receiver. How are we going to defend him? And who can we use as an offensive mind to exploit what they're doing to take Justin Jefferson away? So more than to your point, I think Hawkinson is a very talented tight end. But more so to your point, I think this was another chess piece to make sure that Kirk Cousins has that accessibility to Justin Jefferson. And we also have to wait and see, because I agree with you in some context, about if he'll really use TJ mm -hmm. Hawkinson in the middle of the mm -hmm. field. But if he does, this becomes one of the harder skill position units in the NFL to defend when you talk about the talent of Jeff Jefferson Thielen, and now you add him and Dalvin Cook in the backfield. No Marcus question Key, about great it. points. 
Great point. So I just want to point out something. He's standing there today in purple. Can you imagine how strange that must be going from Detroit and going to one of your division rivals to put on those colors to walk in that building to play with those guys that once were your opponents and are now your teammates? It's a very strange phenomenon from a human standpoint. The other thing that I want to point out is, to me, this is a challenge. This is a challenge from the Detroit Lions to TJ Hawkinson. We're basically saying to you, we're not worried about you. We're going to trade you in our division. We're willing to play you twice yep. a year. Okay, go to Detroit. Go that, to Minnesota. That, that's, Adam, that's foolish, though. You, I, I don't know what's wrong with it. Because he can play. And yeah, he's going to be around for the next several years. So, so either are, is Detroit foolish then, Key? That's what I'm saying. Detroit oh. is foolish. Okay. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You, yeah. Adam, you've been, covering, you've been covering this league, I don't know how many years, but a long time. 30. When do you ever see – when do you – in 33 years, when do you ever see teams trade within the same division and most of the time they don't even do it in the same conference? Right. Well, that's my point. Yeah. For the Lions to do that, they're saying they're we're not overly concerned <laughs> that this guy's going to beat us. Stupid. Stupid. They're going to beat us. Honestly, though, like, like just, to, just to be the guy in the middle, I think both things are true. I agree with Sheftia to a certain degree because you ain't trading Devontae Adams to the Minnesota Vikings. Right. You ain't exactly. trading anybody. And then to your point, Key, like, it is stupid. I agree with you okay. on that as well. So, but, <laughs> okay, so because now we got the stupid thing out of the way, yeah. let, let's rank the top of the NFC here, Marcus. What yeah. do you have it as? One, two, and three. Give it to I me. I got the Philadelphia Eagles at uh-huh. one, obviously. The Dallas Cowboys at two. I think defensively I give them an edge. I think this offense will be explosive. And then I got the Minnesota Vikings at three. And that's the question for the Vikings, really, the opposite unit. And you see the 49ers and the Seahawks yeah. round that out. Shout out Man, to Gino. How about the like, Seahawks? I was about to look, say, the fact look, that they're up there. Wait, yeah, I, I didn't see any NFC South teams. No one NFC South. Can I see that list again, Because I don't Let me see if I like that list again. You got Philly, Dallas, Minnesota. San Fran. 49ers, Seahawks. Yep. See, I understand the, the 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 McCaffrey thing, but I don't know, Marcus. I don't know. Key, I gotta wait and key, see. Key, your list coming our way tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> you ready for that? We'll see you then. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 